out of, he loved me enough that to die for me while I'm saying, go away, I don't want you. This is Camus. And this is Kylie. Welcome to God is Real, God is Good, a podcast where we collect stories about God working in people's lives through big miraculous ways all the way down to small everyday things. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of God is Real, God is Good. This week we have Josh McLaughlin. He's nodding. That's close. You say hi. Hi. Yeah. yeah, so it's close enough. So Josh and I came up <clears throat> with several stories about how we met beforehand, and um, none of them were true. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we will stick with the one that is true. We met yeah, through people in the community named Reese. Reese Majors. Reese Reese Ulysses Majors. Something like that. Yeah. Something Reese like Ulysses that. Majors. That's a good. That's a good name. And so Josh lives in the same area as we do. All right, well, let's pray uh, that God will bless our words, and then we will start this wonderful episode. All right. Dear Father in heaven, please be with Josh and I as we record this episode. Give us the words to speak that will bring glory to your name, and please just help um, all the listeners to hear, to hear um, what you need them to hear through this story, or these stories, and amen. Amen. All right, Josh, where are you from? I am from a little place in California known for garlic and artichokes and lots and lots and lots of marijuana. Um, <laughs> so a little coastal town pretty much fits all the stereotypes um, sandwiched between Silicon Valley and the ocean. Wow. Nice little place. Wow. Very nice. And now he lives in Idaho, yes. where, where I live. Yes, and, I escaped. And you would never know that he was actually from California. Yeah, least Californian <laughs> Californian. That's my title. The least Californian Yeah, I currently California. live in a three-walled shack, going on two winters now. So. And you also lived in your... Car. Your car yeah, for a while. Yeah, yeah. In Idaho, in the winter. In Idaho winter. Yeah. Breaking new records this year, I got down to... Uh, eight degrees. Last year's record was 11 degrees. Gotta love a sleeping bag. And he's also breaking records on our podcast. He is our new youngest person. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. 17? Correct. Correct. So he's... I yeah. Think... Don't call CPS, please. My parents are fine with it. It's a choice. <laughs> not being neglected. I'm neglecting them. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he lives on their property. They just... He just does his thing yeah <laughs> kind of like the feral dog they can't quite tame or yes. get rid of yes so they provide for him but illegal. he chooses to not be provided for yes yes exactly okay <laughs> maybe we'll cut something out yeah maybe <laughs> okay anyways um tell us about your religious background so i was born into and raised in a um christian home going to church um wouldn't necessarily have called, or I, I would have called myself a Christian for pretty much as long as I can remember, but looking back on it, I wouldn't necessarily say I was or that I had um, truly understood what that meant, but I was raised in a Christian background my whole life. Yeah. Well, that happens to a lot of us. So we don't always know what it means. Mm -hmm. We just assume because that's how we're raised. That's what we are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. So you got some stories then. I got some stories. Yeah. So is there anything in particular that you're looking for or? Um, so anything, I mean, I mean, maybe how you came to know God or just any way, anything about how God has done something in your life, whether that's how he brought you to know him or if that's like 
All right, sweet. So we'll start from ground zero then. All right. So like I mentioned a little bit, I was um, raised in a Christian home with a Christian family, um, but I never really, I wouldn't ever say I really got a good example in my life of what it meant to truly be a follower of Christ. Mm -hmm. So I would say I was probably just kind of cruising along, doing what I was seeing everyone else doing, thinking, you know, the main difference between Christian and non-Christian was just trying not to do bad things and just doing good things and that's a super good way to look at it no it's not <laughs> anyways um so i let's see where to start um i've never had a super good relationship with um my parents my dad in particular we've had a lot of disagreements and um there was a lot of anger between us for a really long time um and so that kind of led um drove a wedge between me and my parents and then eventually um, me and God. Mm. Um, I ended up reaching out, I think, around um, 9 or 10 um, to our church's youth group and some of the um, advisors and youth leaders there saying, like, hey, what can I do to be better? God says in his word, uh, you know, to honor my parents and stuff like that. I, I want to do that, but it's really difficult now. And what what can I do from what does the Bible say? I need to be doing better, right? And I didn't really ever get super great or helpful advice. It was pretty much, well, suck it up, kid. It's what it says. Deal with it. Mm. Um, so never really got a whole lot of clarity or confirmation on that. So I ended up, I mean, it, it didn't really ever get better from that point. And I ended up kind of coming to my rock bottom point where I'm just kind of sitting there and like, well, I, I, can't, I can't do it on my own. Mm -hmm. I can't change this. I've tried. Um, I mean, God, you, you need to help me with this. And I got to a, real, a place of a lot of sadness and a lot of hurt because I'd see God doing massive transformative things and people around me. And I mean, I, every night, the same prayer, God, heal my relationship with my dad, heal, heal this. I mean, make it apparent and show me what I need to be doing better. Um, and I, it, Nothing, nothing ever seemed to be happening or nothing was ever seeming to come to me um, in that way. So it ended up, I, I, my anger towards my dad ended up starting to get turned towards God. Like, why would you, why would you cause me to be falling into this sin? I know, I know that you want me to not be sinful. And I know if I love you, I'm supposed to keep your commandments. Well, if you're not, if you're not making a way for me to follow your commandments, you must not love me. I mean, either... Mm. Not, I mean, I'm, I'm praying for something good. I'm praying for something that you've told me to pray for. So if you're not answering my prayers, you must be, you know, you're either not real, which I, I'd always believed God was real, or you just don't care about me. Mm -hmm. So I ended up with a lot of anger. I didn't even realize it, but a lot of, my heart was really full of hate towards my dad and then towards God as well. I, I didn't realize that part. Though. Yeah. It's like strange, like often, like, cause you know, like the Bible does talk a lot about God being our parent and mm -hmm. stuff. And so like, I've even like seen it like with my own relationship with my parents. I'm like, you know, like if one of them's distant or like I'm fighting with one of them, like I can see that sometimes, you know, like, yeah. whoa, like all of a sudden I feel really distant from God. And like, it's cause like sometimes like how they treat me, I portray is like, that's how a parent treats you. That's how mm -hmm. God feels about me. Yeah. They don't care like what I do. He doesn't care what I yeah, do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that also led to a lot of confusion there where, you know, it, it talks about God being our father, our, our perfect father, right? Mm -hmm. And I had never seen a good example of, well, 
of, of, of a father, really. I'd never seen an example of a father I necessarily wanted. So mm-hmm. kind of ended up in a place like, why would I want another father <laughs> if this is what's in store for me? <laughs> one is enough. <laughs> yeah, mm. one is just plenty for me. Thank you, Muchly. Um, so that led me to um, a really not great place of just really enjoying and dwelling in my own sin um, and just not not sinning because... I, there was things that I wanted to do, but just sinning just for the enjoyment of sinning, I, I guess, to it, uh, the undertone was just to spite God. Well, if you're not going to do what I want, I'm not going to do what you want, <laughs> um, which isn't ever really a good idea to try to play ultimatum with God because he kind of holds all the cards. He kind of does. Um, yeah. Even if you are think you're holding cards, he knows what you're holding and yeah. gets to cheat. And Those look. are just... He, he's also holding the same cards you're yeah. holding. He, just, he has his hand on the other side of it. <laughs> you he's, think you're holding them? Yeah. Look at what I got. He's like, you have that? Yeah. Maybe. He's really just showing you the cards that you think <laughs> you're holding. It turns out... Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. So through a series of events, which... We really even entirely remember now. Had a whole bunch of plans. I had a plan for, you know, I was going to turn, you know, California. 15 and a half was when you could get your driving permit. 15 and a half, going to get my permit, going to get my license, going to go to work at our feed store, start classes in a community college, you know, just get rocking and rolling along with it. And then everything just started falling apart. One thing after another, just boom, boom, boom. And I really didn't know why. And I'm, well, I just must have, I must have missed something. So I, you know, started back out at ground zero and rebuilt everything and in my head and okay, well, I'm going to still get my license a year later than I expected. And then I'm going to go to work as, you know, an apprentice welder and I'm going to do this. And there's this new construction going up and then boom, all of a sudden that fell apart. And so I ended up like just kind of deciding, well, if nothing's going to work, I'm going to stop trying to plan um, and it was around about that time that I started hanging out with um, a crowd of people that really weren't that good, were a really bad influence on my life around through this whole process. I remember one person uh, in particular that I didn't really like. I knew he was a bad person, and it was more like a mutual friend. I think we were at um, a party or something like that and uh, down at the beach, and he was there and he was sitting around the campfire and I was talking with some of my other friends and he like kind of like like hey man what's going on I oh not much um so we're sitting around a campfire and he kind of strikes up conversation with me and he goes hey you go to church right or heard it from someone I go yeah I do he goes so so you're a Christian then and I go yeah yeah I guess so kind of trying to steer the conversation a little bit away from it I didn't really want to be talking about that he goes really? You're a Christian. He goes, well, aren't you like not supposed to be like drinking or cussing or doing all this stuff that we're doing (laughs) and that stuff? Like that's okay for you guys to do. Like it was coming from a genuine place of curiosity from Mm -hmm. him, but that really struck a chord with me. Like, wow. Yeah. I'm not supposed to be doing it and I'm fine with that. But now his perception of all these other people that I know are good and that I know want to serve Jesus is just been tainted. Like, oh, everyone else just, you know, hangs out at parties and is doing all the same stuff. So, you know, yeah. we're all just doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. No and I remember I, I remember the, the first, I think that was on a Saturday. So the next Sunday after that, um, 
the the sermon was on Christ needing to be a formative point in your life. You, looking looking at where Christ is in your life needs to be able to be set apart from pretty much everything else of yourself. And through that, in that next week, I kind of realized that, yeah, like if Christ is supposed to be a formative point in my life, like like a lighthouse or like a beacon of light, and everything's supposed to revolve around that, a center point, like to a hub and stuff. Well, yeah, no wonder why everything I'm trying to do is failing and not working out and stuff, because it's not. And then uh, we had our youth group on Friday nights, and I hadn't been going to them. I'd been going and hanging out with the other friends that I had um, instead. But I remember going to the youth group, and it was, I think, the first time, or maybe just the first time I'd ever picked up on it, what was like the first time that I remember, like, hearing the gospel, like hearing mm. the whole unabridged gospel. Yeah. And just, I remember breaking down with one of the youth leaders there about like, and just feeling like the total weight of like my sins and like what I was doing and how like, I remember one of the verses they keyed into it was, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And like, Jesus is there knocking. And I know he's there. It's not like I'm oblivious to him or anything. It's not like I'm deaf and I can't hear him knocking at the door. No, I know he's in, I'm, I'm in the house. I know he's there at the door. I'm just saying, go away. I don't want you yet. I'll mm -hmm. figure it out later. No, nope, I don't want you. And he's sitting there having like suffered and bled and died for my sins out of love. Out of, he loved me enough that to die for me while I'm saying, go away, I don't want you. And like, what kind, like, what kind of a person, like, what kind of a person could I be to be like actively doing that to him? Like to mm -hmm. be, I mean, even if I didn't want to be actively disrespecting him in that manner. Um, and that, that was, that I think hit me like for the first time, the true weight of my sins. And then from there, it was kind of, I had to, I had to make the decision. I remember knowing I had to make the decision to distance myself from a lot of the friends that I'd made. Um, and to kind of, I actually had to try to turn myself around. I had to understand that things were my responsibility. I couldn't just, well, my relationship with my dad sucks because God's doing it that way. And wow, my life sucks because God doesn't want me to succeed. Or wow, I needed to actually take responsibility for all of my actions. And that was a really hard thing to like... That's such a hard thing. Actually acknowledge that, no, I'm here because me put me here. Mm -hmm. Not because I can blame it on someone else that it's their fault. I struggled with that so much, like other stuff, yeah. and I'm like, God, no, that it was my friend's fault that this happened. Yeah. I, I was there, but really, I did it because of them. And I was there, and I did it, but it's not my it's fault. It's not my fault. Yeah, and just like that's you know, something recently God's been speaking to me, like, yeah, like okay, like you're at the point of repentance, but like, can you accept that you did this? And I'm like. I don't hear you. Yeah, la 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 la. <laughs> Fingers in my ears. <laughs> Look at that pretty bird in the sky. Wow, yeah. I like your birds, God. <laughs> yeah, super cool. Thanks. Yeah, but that's awesome that you were able yeah. to. Yeah, and that was that was a hard process that I I definitely did not master at the first try, <laughs> um, and it was eventually what really um, brought me through the end of and the the total of that process was moving out and like physically putting a thousand miles between um, me and the friends that I had made 
and even that was a really hard thing after I had moved. Like I knew that I wanted to move and I knew it was a good thing. But afterwards I was like, wow, I'm losing all my friends. Why am I losing all my friends? Wow, this is horrible. And, you know, then I realized like, well, that's what I've been trying to do for the past like year and a half mm -hmm. was to distance myself from these friends. Now I'm mad that I'm losing them. That, that doesn't make a whole lot <laughs> it's, of it's sense. It's always great when it's your idea until it actually yeah, happens. Yeah, until it actually happens. <laughs> like, I'm just going to not hang out with my friends as much. And, you know, I'm still going to like know them and like, you know, see them every now and then and stuff like that. And we'll still be friends, but I'm just not going to sin with them anymore. That's, <laughs> that's what we're going to do. Uh. Um, so it wasn't until the I actually moved and um, put f physical distance between me and those friends um, that I was able to kind of see with the clarity that I, I was still really sucking at um, making that choice when the decision came up. I knew I, I, kn I knew what I was supposed to do and I knew that I wanted to. But I think like Paul says, like, I know that I want to do good and yet I keep on sinning. That's mm -hmm. definitely where... I didn't feel it in the time, but I can now see and look back. It's like, like yeah, I want to do good. I want to do better. Ah, oh, just this one last time. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that, um, I th through a friend, the new church I was going to uh, in Idaho, invited me to go with him to a winter youth retreat um, at uh, Alaka camp. And went with him. And that is where I can definitively pinpoint that weekend was when I like I know that I was lit back on fire mm. for God and that was super super awesome right then was like wow this is this is awesome like I can't remember feeling like this before like I think a little bit maybe when I was young I felt like that kind of like newfound excitement and stuff like that about um you know singing and worshiping and stuff but now it was it was Everything was so much more real. It mm -hmm. felt like like I knew what I was supposed to do, but now I actually like I, I physically and actively wanted to be doing that. And it wasn't just I knew what I should be doing; it's I wanted to be doing it now. That's exciting. And that was a super cool turning point. And then through that, I was able to spend um, the summer there and do the one of the internship programs. And um, yeah, was able to actually you know articulate where my like my testimony was I didn't ever really realize that I had a testimony I thought that was just I, I in my mind I kept saying well that's just for people who are really bad and then they come to Christ you know and I'm like well I was really bad I, yeah was I sinning yeah yeah I was okay well that that counts yep yep I know it's yeah. so cool to actually like you know when you discover like oh wow this is my testimony this is mm -hmm. what God's done for me yeah because sometimes you know we just like live life and we don't like take time to think yeah God's done something for me, but then we like, I don't know, at least for me, when I like actually like look at it and then like speak, like this is what God's done for me. I'm like, mm -hmm. holy cow, yeah. God just did this for me. Yeah. I remember the first time I actually like, well, like shared my testimony with um, the kids in one of the cabins at night. Um, I remember like I wasn't really sure. I'm like, well, I'll just like tell them my story and stuff like that and weave the gospel into that. I remember coming out like I, I had no clue what I was saying during the time. It was totally, you know, Holy Spirit leading me in what I needed to say. That's so cool. Um, and then I like afterwards I'm laying in my bunk. It's lights out, lights off. I'm laying in my bunk and I'm just like remembering and thinking about what I said. I'm like, yeah, that all happened. <laughs> yeah, like 
like my testimony was hitting me for the first time as well. Like, yeah. Like wow, I didn't I didn't even expect to be getting anything out of it. It was really cool to yeah. see, like it all unfolded in a timeline. Then and like wow, that that's true. That is that is how it all went down and shook down. That's so yeah. cool. That's cool. Um, you had a soap analogy last night. Oh, yes, I <laughs> we did. were sitting. I did around last yeah. night with a bunch of people, and Josh is going on about soap. Yeah, I think and we then asked it turned the into Jesus about if you drop soap on oh. the dirt in, in on the ground, is it is the soap dirty or is the ground clean? I said the ground was clean. Yeah, I said the soap is dirty because soap gets dirty. But so like what Jesus what Jesus did for us, right, on the cross was he he took himself as the pure and clean sacrifice and then that was the atonement for our sins. So our sins just because they touch Jesus, they're not non-existent anymore, but they're gone. They're not on us anymore, mm -hmm. right? So that's kind of what soap does. If like you've ever been like really grungy after a, like a long day of work, you look down and you'll see dirty water coming off you, dirty suds coming off you going down the drain of the shower, right? Well, the soap isn't making the dirt disappear. The soap is attracting the dirt more than it is to your skin. And now the dirt is on the soap going down and going away from you. So now you're clean only because the soap is dirty. Mm -hmm. And the soap's able to do that because... The soap's clean to start with. Um, and I, you know, that that is looking, yeah, that is kind of a profound way of describing grace and atonement was that our sins don't just disappear, but they were, they were cast on Jesus. And because of Jesus, we're now clean. Because Jesus was perfect, he could take our sins for us. And, you know, we could never do that. If you think about it, if you have a dirty rag and you try to clean yourself with a dirty rag, it's not <laughs> going to do anything. not productive. Yeah. <laughs> if you have, I mean, sin can't cure sin. No. Um, and so. that's why we needed a sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I yeah. love that. Do you have any other stories? or Stories. Ooh. Ooh. You know, I can't think of. That's okay. Any stories. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. I love hearing it. I have not heard it before. Yeah. So I was excited and I'm excited about the soap analogy. I haven't, I haven't heard this rendition of it either. You hadn't heard this? <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes. That's how it goes. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I'm so happy you shared. Thank you. Yeah, thank and bye you. to everybody. Peace out. But wait, there's more. We're adding a new um, story time with Josh to the end of some of our episodes and Josh's episode is the first episode to have a story time with Josh at the end so be sure to listen to the end because you might find a story time with Josh on future episodes this is the first episode of story time with Josh Josh tell us about what you're doing alrighty so I'm just sitting here by this fire <laughs> thinking about think, thinking about all the story times that I could choose from so we could hear we can hear all about all the story times that I've had in my life. Um, couple couple months ago, I got a tree drop. It's not recording. Yeah, it is. It is. Really? Yeah. See the numbers? Where? Numbers right okay. there. You have to 30 seconds. Story time with Josh featuring Reese as a guest speaker. Hello. Um, our technical man. Precisely. Um, anyways, uh, my neighbor dropped a tree on me once and it was super scary part of a tree only mo it was only most of Why a tree because he he's being dumb oh.
Um, Why were you being dumb enough to stand there? Because he was hiring me to be dumb. Okay. This is not Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> you can't hire for anything else. <laughs> can't, can't hire me for being smart. I'm not greatest at that. But um, he drops his tree on me, and it's like it's like pinning my leg down in a right, great funky position and making all sorts of creaking noises. Uh, my leg, that is. And um, then, like, it's a big old deal to try to, like, get it off of me. And this whole time I'm thinking, like, I'm going to lose my leg. Like, he's going to slip with the chainsaw because he's not really good with the chainsaw. I don't know. I'm like, he's, he's going he's gonna to slip with the chainsaw. I'm like, <laughs> gone is my leg. I'm like... I'm gonna have to figure out how to snowboard one-legged. I'm gonna have to figure out how to ride a bike one-legged. I feel like figure out how to like swim one-legged. But I'm like, you know what? All glory be to Christ, because if I'm meant to have one leg, I'm gonna figure out how to do things. I'm gonna be better than anyone else at one-legged sports. How humble. How humble, you yeah. Could <laughs> I could be in the Special Olympics. I'm yeah, already no. in the Special Ed Olympics, <laughs> but <laughs> I'll be in a different category of Olympics. So thank you all for tuning in for this week's story time with Josh. God saved your leg, right? What? Absolutely. Because you now have totally two did. Legs. I have. Well, this one. Clink, clink, clink. <laughs> um, and and, and the, the commentary person says bye. So bye. Bye. Wait. Do I get to my story? Better content to follow. Sure. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to follow, share, like, and review. Also, you can contact us at our Facebook page. That is God is real. God is good podcast. Or you can email us at godisrealgodisgoodpodcast at gmail.com. Bye!